Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. No matter where you are in the world, I'd like to welcome you back to another episode of Whose World Is This? with Junior Renee Bobrun. Thank you guys for tuning in. If you are a first-time listener, I'd like to welcome you to this ongoing conversation that is in its 65th episode, 12 months and running as of this month. And if you are a returning listener and a recurring listener and a loyal listener, <clears throat> I'd like to welcome you back and thank you again for tuning in. I really appreciate you coming back. That means I must be saying something of interest or of importance because I didn't turn you didn't get turned off from the last things that I've said. And here you are back for more. So I really do appreciate that. Um, thank you, guys. This is our 65th episode. And um, we've been at this for about a year now. Started this platform last February, conceived it last year. Uh, wanted to make some changes in my life. I wanted to uh, get back into media to a degree. And I wanted what I was saying to be more of the focal point. There have been times in my life where I've been managing. I, I had a brick and mortar business where I was working with different creators. I also used to manage artists and, and creators when I used to live in New York City. And uh, now it was time to put a lot of the things that I say front and center and, and um, or, or the things that I think or think should be put out there front and center. And I like it so far. I'm betting on me. And uh, I want to see how far we can take this. That's the reason why I've told you guys, uh, many of you before, that um, over the last several episodes, I'm looking to up the, con up the value by upping the output. So I know that the output is going to determine a lot of the outcome. And that's why I think it's important that um, the show is funded and I want it to be funded by the listeners before I partner with a parent company. <clears throat> because the more leverage I have from the outset, the more leverage I'll have when it's time to negotiate with a parent company. Because that's what's going to happen soon. Eventually, this thing of ours that we're doing that just has a couple of thousand downloads, you know, is going to turn it to something where it's having thousands of downloads per episode, you know, as opposed to having a couple of thousand cumulatively. <clears throat> That's what's going to end up occurring. And when that occurs, I want to be able to step to a table, step to a parent company and say, hey, listen, here's my entity. Uh, yeah, you can we can partner with each other, but I'm not going to work for you. Whose world is this with Junior and Nabo Brun will not be just a device for you to uh, use however you see fit. It'll be my vehicle and I'm using whatever, you know, distribution networks and exposure and fan base or listenership that a parent company has. That's important. We're going to speak about why that's important to me and why that's why that's important in any case, um, because it goes back to the last episode we spoke about. But before we get started, a little house cleaning. I've, I've said it to people before that um, a lot of the services and the products that I may advertise or speak about are not snake oil. They have their own redeemable value to illuminate, to uplift, to enlighten, to improve our lives. That's why I always advocate for the for the journals and the, the, the blueprints and the how-to booklets that are available through ChavezHouse.com. That is C-H-A-V-E-S house.com and can be found on Amazon at Chavez House Publishing. Now you go on chavezhouse.com, one of the first things you're going to see is the success blueprint on how to self-publish. <clears throat> I don't care if you have a biography, a cookbook, 
short stories that your parents or grandparents or, or aunties and uncles gave you. I don't care what it, uh, poems. Now more than ever, it's a good time for you, for, for people to get involved in putting what they feel out on paper. Look what I'm doing here. People are starting thousands of, of, of podcasts and different platforms and media platforms a day. <clears throat> people are writing more. People who, who um, uh, the legacy publishers and book publishers may pass on. Just because the, the gatekeepers don't know it all. Every single successful author that you know has a drawer full of rejection letters from the major publishers. And it was their stick-to-itiveness that got them to where they are. Because if they listened to those rejection letters, they wouldn't be where they are today. Now more than ever, you can keep most of the money you make via your, your uh, intellectual property. And the success blueprint by Lenore Batista, you know, published by ChavezHouse.com shows you. If you want journals on self-improvement <clears throat> where you're writing in them day and night, which I use, the gratitude journal, ChavezHouse.com. If you want decorative notebooks that have uh, photos of France or the Statue of Liberty or Africa or whatever on the cover, ChavezHouse.com. You want fitness journals, you know, how much you weigh, what did you work on today, how much sleep did you get, uh, how many workouts, how many reps. We have the Titan Log for men and we have the Working Out for Your Best Life for Women, ChavezHouse.com, C-H-A-V-E-S House.com. Those are the places you go. These are products that can improve and move the needle in your daily life. When you write down promises to yourself, there is a higher likelihood that you will keep those promises. You know who breaks more promises to us than other people? Ourselves. We break more promises to ourselves than people break to us. We betray ourselves more than people betray us. Trust me. So even me, I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I've gone, February hasn't been a great month for journaling. And nothing, nothing is more evidence of what you are or not doing correctly in your life is when you look at an empty page that is supposed to be filled and a, an empty page that I was supposed to have filled. So when I see an empty page from the day before, that right there is stark, clear, concise, explicit evidence that I didn't do what I set out to do. Or when you don't check off one of the check marks on your checklist, to-do list, you know that's something that I didn't do. Those are promises that we're breaking to ourselves. Now, if we were to add up all of those promises that we broke to ourselves, we would know exactly why we're in the position that we're in, whether it's our health, whether it's our financial health, whether it's our physical health, regardless, things that we wanted to learn but didn't, we would see how we divvy up our day and the promises that we made that, that were, went um, <clears throat> broken or unkept. You know, and I and I feel personally that when I'm sticking to those journals, the fitness journal, as well as the gratitude journal. That I'm moving the needle in the right direction, in the, in the, in the direction of the outcomes that I desire. So I want you guys to have those same outcomes that you desire. And I want you to keep those promises that you make to yourself. That's why I want you to go to ChavezHouse.com and buy those books. Hello. How's that for a commercial? In any case. Also, if you have any suggestions, questions, concerns, kudos, inquiries about this particular platform or anything, please feel free to DM me on Instagram at whose world is this 
2021. That's Whose World Is This 2021 on Instagram. My email address is Whose World Is This 21 at Gmail. So Instagram is Whose World Is This 2021. Email address is Whose World Is This 21 at Gmail.com. <clears throat> My cash app is dollar sign J U N B E A U. That's dollar sign June Bow. My Venmo is June Bow without the dollar sign. So that would be uh, Venmo June Bow. This is very important because people, I want to do this more, but uh, so I don't have to go out into the workplace and or, 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 you know, give my value or negotiate my value to those doing other tasks that I don't enjoy as much as this or don't come as naturally as this does. You should get paid for things that you do well. You should get paid for things that you do naturally, especially if they possibly uplift, illuminate, educate, inform, and improve the lives of others around you, for sure. And I've listened to a ton of new content. I've been doing some market research, field research, so to speak, and listening to new content creators and seeing who's getting paid. Not just people in, the, in my space, you know, so to speak, that are just independent and working out of home office studios. People that are actually getting some money. And I'm listening and I'm going, yeah, yeah I, not only can I do that, I'm doing that um, possibly humbly better uh, than they are, at least along the same lines. So, yeah, it's a matter of exposure. It's a matter of you guys out there following, you know, sharing it on Apple and, you know, downloading the podcast and following it on Spotify and things like that. I'm going to do a Facebook group page soon. But you know what, guys? I got to tell you, we've had this conversation before about technology, about the metaverse and th the the catch 22 about wanting to just strictly work from your cell phone and your laptop means that you're going to be attached to a degree to your cell phone and your laptop, albeit maybe in an environment that you want, because right now. I'm looking out of a window of a dog park in my own home, in my own little office studio. I have pictures of my beautiful lady, my mom, my, my nephew, my niece, and I'm in, I'm in my particular environment. So there is no boss with a camera looking over me or, or, or a monitoring my keystrokes on my, on my computer. I, I can't live that life. Don't live it, can't live it, period. Okay. So albeit, that's cool. But I'm looking for a more naturalistic life. But at the same time, you have to feed yourself. You have to feed yourself. So that means I have to get back to a degree and I have to be able to control that environment that, okay, I, gotta, I need a Facebook page or I got to upload and I got to do this on Instagram. But I'm too busy living life sometimes to remember that stuff. But it's like, oh, yeah, that's where the world is right now. The world is just just ingesting all of this information and it's all online you know uh, you, you gotta have do, do june people are saying you gotta have a tiktok page and i'm going yeah no i'm not doing that you know there are certain things i'm going to do when i have enough money to pay someone to do it where i'm gonna say hey listen uh there's this new platform out that everyone's using and obviously you need a you need a presence on that platform how much for you to do it how much for you to do, you know, I don't want to be on there oftentimes during the day. I don't want to be, you know, spiritually linked to this digital world, like feeling like I, I have to, you know what I mean? This information I'm getting and this stuff that I'm telling you and thinking about and talking about, this, this didn't come from the digital world. It's come from the digital realm, you know, 
But unfortunately, look at me. Look at us. We're all, you guys are all going to be listening to me either on your laptops or on your smartphones. So there's no way around this. You have to be able to use it to uplift, illuminate, improve your life and don't be a slave to this technology. Allow this technology to empower you, you know? So um, anyway, with that being said, what are we going to talk about today? What are we going to talk about? Hmm? Last episode was called Who Do We Choose, right? Who do we choose? And that we spoke at length about <clears throat> CNN, the 90% dip in ratings over a 12-month span. We've spoken about Joe Rogan. We spoke about do we listen to legacy media or do we listen to media such as what I'm giving you. I have 65 episodes where I've spoken about everything from education to economics to philosophy to family to friends to freedoms to autonomy. All the things that I've speaking, spoken about makes me a part of the media. I am available on the same platforms as these other people. That makes me part of the conversation. Regardless if I don't have a million followers or a million listeners or a million viewers, it doesn't matter. I'm a part of this now. The things that I say, I'm getting messages from people from all over the world. I exaggerate to you not. There's a reason why I named this show Whose World Is This? Because my perspective is coming from my experiences from being a New Yorker who's born and raised in New York, first generation American, who can speak from, the, from an immigrant experience to a degree, to experiences from living overseas, where, albeit Europe, the Caribbean, or parts of Southeast Asia, and having friends from all over there tuning in. Tuning in. So I'll have a message from the Netherlands, a message from Denmark, a message from Italy, a message from Jamaica, a message from Quebec, a message from Cambodia in the same day. And it will all be friends of mine in places that I visited or places I know well that you can drop me off in right at the airport and I'll go, all right, I know where to go. So this is important. Why? Because a lot of the people that are speaking to you um, on your airwaves they may not be looking to illuminate, improve, educate you. They may be looking to misinform, malinform, uninform you, miseducate you. You understand? So this episode, we're going to call it Who Do We Choose Part 2? Because there's still a lot going on. I, I unpacked some interesting things in the first episode, I mean, in the previous episode, and I've gotten some kudos from friends and a couple of people I didn't know just emailed me at Whose World Is This? to one at Gmail and said, thanks with a thumbs up. And I said, whoa, and I've, and I'm going to return. Um, I'm going to respond and go, Hey, listen, what exactly did you like so much about that episode that compelled you to respond and, and actually email me, you know? So I want to know what, what about it? <clears throat> because I kind of got down on the left a little bit, the, le the American left, the polite left is like, as I like to call them. And today we're going to have another conversation. We're going to kind of continue on with a lot of the things that I was uh, talking about because it's very, very important. Why? Because this is a world that we all have to encompass. This is a world that we're all in right now. And I saw a couple of things that kind of drove home the point of what I was speaking about when I was speaking about the director's lens. I don't know if you guys remember from my previous episodes, I said that our media regardless if it's on the left or right or claims to be neutral, our media acts the same way as a director's lens in a movie. 
what does that director do? What the director puts in focus and center screen is what they want their viewer, their audience to focus in on. What they put out of focus or they make blurry or, 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 or stagger to the left or stagger to the right or something that just passes by quickly, that's what they don't want you to pay attention to. And oftentimes the things that are set off to the left or the right, no pun intended, are the things that you're supposed to be paying the most attention to, not the things that are right in the middle of your screen. Case in point, couple of nights ago in real time, and as a matter of fact, if you go on my Instagram, whose world is this 2021, and check out my last reel, you'll see this. There's a FDA executive. His name is Christopher Cole. He was secretly recorded during a dinner with what I, what I presume is a reporter. <clears throat> and about two nights ago, today is February 18th, by the way. So I'll say two or three nights ago, I'm in my uh, living room, just on my laptop. Somebody, I, I don't know what it was, a notification came and there was a video came up on my screen and it's showing this particular FDA executive speaking about what could be considered a conflict of interest relationship between the Food and Drug Administration, which he is an executive of, or, or I'm sorry, an, an officer of, <clears throat> and the big pharmaceutical companies in the United States of America, right? <clears throat> Excuse me, guys, I've been drinking a lot of water. It's a little chilly out here. In any case, and he's speaking about the hundreds of millions of dollars in quote-unquote fees that the FDA collects from Big Pharma so the FDA can review these drugs that the big pharmaceutical companies are uh, uh, need to be approved so it can go on the shelves at your local pharmacy and so they can make you know hundreds of billions of dollars <clears throat> and he's saying it not in so many words how he thinks that that relationship eh, you know He's saying it in a very casual, sort of subtle tone, very nuanced. I don't know if that's the right thing, you know, you know, there's fees and, you know, and he, then he says something along the lines of, yeah, that's why I feel that President Biden is going to, um, you know, pretty much, you know, uh, mandate an annual booster because that's going to be a reoccurring revenue for the, you know, pharmaceutical companies. This is an FDA executive. He's not speaking about the booster being a health benefit he's speaking about the booster as being a financial benefit and how the president may incentivize this booster because it's a reoccurring revenue stream for big pharma i'm not saying this ladies and gentlemen i went online and i tried to fact check this video as much as i can to make sure this person was real that this video was recent everything and it checked out and i was like whoa Granted, everything that this person said, I already knew. I knew about the FDA a long time ago. I know about the FDA's incestuous relationship with Big Pharma and how the FDA executives end up being Big Pharma executives and Big Pharma executives end up being FDA officers. Same in the CDC. If you Google and if you do a, your own search engine search, you don't 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 take my word for it by no stretch of the imagination. You go check it out. Check out how many big pharma executives end up being CDC board members. And these men and women oftentimes are not scientists. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm just saying. It's not like, oh, they're scientists, you know, because someone could, could 
you know, make the make the argument. Well, you know, big pharma employs a lot of scientists and cutting edge technology and engineers and stuff like that. So those people would be, be you know, would be well suited to work in the public sector in the CDC to keep the c public sector current with the goings on that are going on in the private sector and with all the innovations that are going on. That would be a great argument if it wasn't people that were in marketing that were working in the CDC. So it's not your scientists, marketing people, business people, okay? Oftentimes that don't have a science background that are there for bottom line purposes. So there, there has been talk of a certain lack of ethics when it comes to these relationships between the public and the private sector and where is the public good being served? When, you know, Big Pharma is giving millions of dollars to the FDA to review these products. What's the incentive to reject this product if the very same products you're reviewing are from people that are paying you millions of dollars to review them? And he actually goes on to say in this video, a lot of that money is banked that the FDA has. It's not as if it's being used for you know, um, to create or upgrade their review system or create state of the art, blah, blah, blah. No, it's banked. The FDA, FDA's got a war chest, according to this man. I'm not putting words in his mouth. So the reason why I'm bringing this up is because I looked all over the, I, I, I put Christopher Cole FDA video in my local search engine, in my search engine, and voila, it came up in a ton of places, boom, KATV, ABC, uh, Fox News 16, local, net, local network, online networks, and, you know, okay, local television station networks, okay, I didn't see it show up on CNN, my CNN didn't have a post on my search engine, I said, oh wait, why doesn't CNN have this, I said, you know what, I'm going to go on the CNN website, and if you go on my Whose World Is This 2021 Instagram page and you look at my reel, I show you in real time what I did. And I show you the date and time of when I did it. And I put in Christopher Cole. I put in the same exact verbiage that I put in the normal search engine on the Internet, on the World Wide Web. I put it in the CNN search engine. Remember, this is already local news outlets that do not have CNN's money and or resources already had this video up keep that in mind go on the search engine type it in christopher cole fda leaked video what comes up boom there are no documents that are related to this search at this time oh really so i don't want to put words in anyone's mouth i don't want to assume or presume but based on the fact that um, CNN has been at the forefront of advocating for vaccines and advocating for mandates, and I've, I don't watch CNN, guys, just to let you know, I don't watch it often because I've told you about how I feel about our media, and it's not about how I feel. I've, I've explained at length what media actually, your legacy media's actual purpose is in your life as far as an apparatus. As, as far as what it, you know, what vehicle, where, where it serves and who their masters actually are. We've had this conversation. But I tune in every once in a while to see what I know what the, to see what the machine wants me to know. So I, I kind of 
Um, I used to have this line, I read between the lies so I can read between the lines. Or I read between the lines so I can read between the lies. So I'll say, okay, this is where the director's lens wants me to focus on. Right? Remember, we're back to that. So I go, really? How come the local news outlets all across this country have it? Local news websites have it. And you, multinational, with the resources that you have, premium cable news, you don't have this. You don't want to have this. This is not what you want me to focus on because every time I would tune in, which is very rarely, seldom do I tune in, I would notice that you would have four boxes or split screens and everyone in these boxes were espousing the same predominant narrative that you wanted. <clears throat> you were saying, you need to do this, you need to do that. If you're not doing this, you're selfish, you're unpatriotic, you're a Quanon, you're a Trumper, you're a conspiracy theorist, you're a flat earther. That was your narrative. And any other counter narrative from, from credentialed people, people who are experts in their field, who graduated from the best schools, have the best accolades, etc., you wouldn't have them on to counter. Meanwhile, when those same people would go on a Joe Rogan show or a long form talk uh, 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 platform like my own, then all of a sudden you were looking to shut them down. It was very interesting. Remember we spoke about the removal of nuance is tyranny. The removal of nuance. So you're not allowing us to have the conversation in a democratic republic. We can't even have the conversation. That's problematic. So I'm just letting you know, a day after I did my Who Do We Choose post, uh, uh, um, um, I'm sorry, I think I did it on Monday, uh, like two days after I did my Who Do We Choose, where I'm pretty much outlining why um, your legacy media is pretty much obsolete. It's, it doesn't want to be on top of things because it doesn't serve you. It doesn't serve the fourth estate, which is to inform the people about what the power structure is doing. That's the, the role of, your, of, of journalists. And if your journalists are making millions of dollars a year, trust me, they're not getting paid millions of dollars a year to tell you the truth. Harry Truman, former President Harry Truman once said that if you get rich when you come out of politics, you're a crook. I've always loved that line. Because there are many politicians who got into politics poor, and by the time they left their political seat, they were rich. That's impossible. If your job is to serve the people, you can't get rich while serving the people. Not, not as a politician. You, could get, you can do that by serving them as an entertainer, as a restaurateur, as an entrepreneur, as a business person, not as a politician in a democratic republic. If you are in some sort of authoritarian, totalitarian, fascistic regime, yes, of course, you can get rich by being a politician. But if you're in a democratic, demo, if you're in a democratically elected position in a country like the United States of America, you don't get richer while in office. And I'm going to say the same thing about journalism. So Harry Truman said, you can't get rich while in office as a politician or you're a crook. I'm going to say you can't get rich as a journalist while reporting the news. If you are, then you're a liar. That means you're not telling us, the people on the ground who are not informed about what's going on. You can't get paid four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve million dollars per year and still tell us the truth. Because that's what your favorite um, talking heads are getting paid, by the way. 
regardless of your if you're on the left, neutral, center, center right, center left, moderate, right wing, they're getting paid six, seven, eight million dollars a year. So you're speaking from an agenda. And if you go off of that script, you get you get slapped on the wrist. And if you continuously go off that script in 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 allegiance with the truth and not the biased truth or the liar's truth, but the highest truth, if you decide to do that, if you decide to go off script, <laughs> go off teleprompter, go off what's on the written page, then you, my friend, will no longer be doing that. You'll be making podcasts like Whose World Is This with Junior Renee Bobrun. <laughs> That's what, you'll be looking to self-publish your book because the major legacy publishers are not going to touch you because they're part of the same game. That's what it is. So when I saw that on CNN, when I saw that I couldn't find this on CNN, I said, wow. Wow, look at that. Isn't this interesting? Isn't this indicative of what we've been speaking about on this platform and why platforms like this one are important? If you're going if you want to get another perspective on the exact same things that you're looking at and you're not going to get them from this station, that station, this one that ends in an X, this one that ends in an, in, 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 in an N or whatever. You're not going to get it from the Young Turks or this one and that one. People that are ingrained, established, partisan, political trumpeteers speaking from some sort of partisanal perspective. You're not going to get the truth from them. You'll probably get something closer to a truth by someone such as myself, someone like me who is a skeptic. I'm a skeptic. I'm not a cynic. I'm a skeptic. Some people thought I'm a little bit too cynical. I'll never forget. I have a, a friend of mine. Um, she said to me one time, I remember we were talking years ago, and she said, June, where's the happy ending to some of the stories that you tell? I said, what do you mean? I said that you said the ugly truth gives you an opportunity to turn things the way you to convert things to the way you want them to be. I said, I'm sorry if I don't sugarcoat it enough. I'm sorry I don't subsidize it enough with any false optimism. I find the truth in its ugliest form to be empowering. Maybe others don't. But I'm one of those people that if there's smoke and then there's a fire, I'm going to yell fire. I'm not going to say, hey, guys. There's a little fire, but, you know, it's, it's not that big of a deal. It's just a little fire. I'm going to say, hey, listen, whoever has a cup of water or a fire extinguisher or anything, we have a fire. This needs to be taken care of, period. So forgive me for not sugarcoating it, but that's who I am. I'm a skeptic by nature. I'm not a cynic, but I'm a skeptic. And because I'm a skeptic, it's the reason why I don't take a lot of things at face value ever since I was a kid. And, and that to me, I, I, um, when you hear people speak about fake news and false news, we've been saying that forever. Since there's been a media, the word propaganda didn't start with the election of Donald Trump. The, the, the idea of fake news and false claims didn't start with the 2016 election or the 2016 campaign for the presidency this has been going on for eons eons we've had we've had governmental plants that have been in politics that have been in um i'm sorry i'm sorry that have been in the media newsrooms intelligence agencies that have that have manipulated and co-opted newsrooms as a matter of fact if you're going to use a piece of military grade equipment in a hollywood movie it has to go by the dod or the department of defense the department of justice has to actually approve scripts 
So you think you're getting truths and you're not. By, by design, we all should be skeptics. We all should approach all of these subjects to sort out the truth from false claims, which is pretty much what methodol methodological skepticism is. Okay, We approach all subjects to scrutiny with the goal of sorting out truth from false claims. That's the Cartesian way. If anybody has studied Rene Descartes, and if you haven't, I would suggest that you do it. Cartesian, dark, Cartesian doubt is almost, is almost considered a philosophical strain. I've read his theories on rationalism. It actually appealed to me because that's how my mind already worked. So I'm not a contrarian. I am a skeptic by nature. And because I'm a skeptic, I ask questions. And when I ask these questions, I'm asking them to get to the fundamental root answer. I've said it to you guys before. If I have to be stood corrected and if I stand corrected, great. The truth is more important than being right. And it should always be that way. The truth should be more important than winning an argument. So if I stand corrected, wow, I just, I, that means I've received new information. And now I have to take into account this new information and this new information, it has stood up and it's withheld and it's withstood the rigors of scrutiny and inquiry. So now it becomes the truth for now until a higher truth emerges, if ever. That's what we're promoting here. That's why I say, hey, look it up yourself. I showed you evidence of, of me searching in the search engine. Meanwhile, when you looked it up, when I looked it up online, um, it was all over the place. I looked it up on CNN search engine. Why? So the, it wasn't there. The question is now, as a skeptic, why do you not have this? If you are really a reporter, if these people are really journalists, then they should respect the question. Why didn't you guys have that up there? It was everywhere. And that's very important. That's, an, that's not just someone's, that's not just some civilian disgruntled civilian speaking about ah the FDA is in bed with big pharma blah 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 that's an FDA officer Christopher Cole not former he's not a disgruntled former employee he was from what I know he was currently employed and just speaking off the cuff whoa that's news especially right now tensions boiling Mandate to vax or not to vax, to mask or not to mask. You have 5,000 or so incidents on planes. I have to wear this mask, but if I'm eating, I don't have to wear it. People are going, people are losing their ish on these flights because they're like, enough is enough already. Okay, you watch a Super Bowl and there's 60,000 people unmasked, hanging out, relaxing, taking their time, enjoying themselves. Every celebrity and everybody in the stands for weeks I've been watching football. I haven't seen anyone with a mask on, but yet the kids got to wear a mask. What? What are you talking about? So the inconsistency is leading people to have a certain level of fatigue. So now you have public health spokesmen saying that there's a lack of respect for the messenger or the message. No, 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 no. There wasn't a conversation. You guys didn't have a conversation with the public. You guys decided to do these things. You used the most heavy handed of approaches. And I could understand in the beginning being panicked and feeling like you needed to shut things down. But as more information emerged, ration, the, the more rational people among us said, hey, listen, I think this is a more of a heavy handed approach. I think that your cure is worse than this ailment. Your governmental cure 
is worse than the ailment. We have California, which is the fifth. If, if you were to rate California as a country, not as a state, it's the number one economy in the United States of America. But if we were to take California and rate it amongst other states, uh, amongst other countries, California is the fifth largest economy on the planet Earth. How on God's green earth do you decide that you are going to shut down California? I'm sorry, what? <laughs> as if you didn't have a poverty problem before, as if you didn't have an inequity problem before, as if you didn't have an economic issue before. You have a growing homeless population. You had a crime population that you could not get under control before. Now you have a sense of lawlessness because you decided to shut down the fifth largest economy on earth, the number one economy in the United States of America, and it's a coastal state where we have boats coming in. Boats coming in with cargo, and now that cargo can't get to where it needs to get to because you've mandated people to do things that when, when, it, when, it, um, uh, when it examined and when it put forth does not withstand the rigors of intellectual inquiry and scrutiny and people, many people, a significant portion of the population said, eh, I, I, no, I'm not doing that. Yeah, you're going to try to coerce me and tell me that if, if I don't do this, I won't get my job back and I'll lose my house. And yeah, yeah. And now all of a sudden, look, oh, look, we're loosening restrictions and they're not loosening re restrictions because the quote unquote health threat has dissipated. Trust me, people, it's the same health threat. They're doing it because, listen, they realize that their mandates as a cure is worse than the actual ailment. People are feeling the side effects from this uh, quote-unquote virus without ever having had the symptoms of it. They're feeling the economic and the governmental overreach. That's what they're feeling. This is important. This is very, very important. The reason why I'm saying this is because look at your media. Your media is not giving you counter-arguments. There was a march on Washington a couple of weeks ago. Did you guys know that? I think end of January, early February. I think it was at the end of January. I was watching doctors, lawyers, firemen, police officers, nurses, teachers. We're all marching on Washington. You had credible doctors from Johns Hopkins, people who graduated from some of the most prestigious schools, had accolades, peer-reviewed journals, papers, books, everything. They were out there speaking about the inefficacy of, this, of, of these overreaches and these mandates. Did you happen to catch that on your local news? Did you happen to catch that on your premium cable packaged news? Probably not. And if, and if you did, it was a tiny, tiny quip. Those people were summarily dismissed and they move on. Did they have any spokesmen from these groups actually speaking at length about what their grievances are? Did, are they in one of those little boxes, split screens? Did you see them? No. You have Senator Rand Paul out there in Kentucky who's bringing up some very, very, I feel, very, very important claims. Claims that have been substantiated, as a matter of fact. This is a man who's a, who's a physician as well as an attorney, right? As last I checked. 
um, people say, oh, well, he's an optometrist or he's an eye doctor or something like that. Oh, well, but yeah, most doctors have to go through the same four years of schooling before they choose a specialty. So he's actually more of an expert than a lot of people that are out on the streets now claiming to be experts. Just saying. And he happens to be a lawyer, too. So that means he knows how to follow breadcrumbs and, 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 and discern facts and things of that nature. Yeah, he knows how to be a what? Dot, dot, dot. Skeptic. <laughs> Right. He knows how to approach all knowledge and subjects with a certain level of scrutiny to do what? Separate the truth from false claims. So when he's asking Dr. Fauci and people like that, hey, um, what's going on with this a whole uh, human gain of function thing? You guys have been you were trying to turn this this thing, this uh, little SARS virus into something that can be transmissible to human beings in this lab. And it was sponsored by the NIH. And there's paperwork trail. And no one wants to have that conversation now. I would love people to just have the conversation when you're not willing to have the conversation. I'm not saying that what Dr. Rand Paul said is absolutely 100% true. I'm saying that the claims that he brought up should be put under scrutiny and see if it withholds and it withholds the rigors of scrutiny and inquiry. Let's have the conversation. So now you have truckers at the border of Canada and the United States and Ottawa shout out and respect to all of them that are saying you're not having an ongoing conversation with free thinking human beings. We're not cattle. We're not sheep. I'm speaking. I'm saying what they're saying. We're not sheep or cattle where you just open up a fence and you have a couple of sheep dogs and you go, cha cha go this way. And you're just making us go in a particular direction. These are human beings using their upper mammalian reasoning over that has been evolved over hundreds of thousands of years. You can speak to your three-year-old or your five-year-old or your seven-year-old and say, do this or else. You can't speak to your 25-year-old, your 35-year-old, the fathers, the mothers, the soldiers, the grandparents, the parents, the uncles and the aunties this way. You're going to have to have a conversation. It's the same conversation I used to have with law enforcement in New York. Hey, get out the car. I'm like, yeah, no, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. I'm still an autonomous human being. Your authority comes from my parents' ability to pay taxes and own their home. Your authority is, is contingent on my and, pe and many, many, many people deciding that you are legitimate. And so the people out there who think it's, you know, let's just follow the rules. Do you think that it's okay for the FDA to collect fees in the hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars for big pharma? That's a rule. Actually, Congress, Congress sort of uh, 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 legislated these fees as part of the, you know, normative method of operations between big pharma and the FDA. Um, do, you, do, you, do you have an issue with that? Do you have a problem with the relationship between the public and private sector and, and big pharma executives all of a sudden being on the board of the FDA and FDA people going to big pharma back and forth? If you find it to be unethical and you, f you want that to be changed, why? For, the, for many people out there, they're saying, just follow the rules. Just follow the rules. If that's what these businesses want to do, if that's what the government wants to do, just follow the rules. But what if the rule is unethical? What if the rule is immoral or amoral and you would rather it go to moral? What then? How about segregation? 
just follow the rule. It's segregation. You know, you can't you're not allowed to vote. You're not allowed to eat here. You're not allowed to go to school. You're not allowed to go down the street. You're not allowed to be out after sundown. Just follow the rules. What about that? It's not on. It's not until people take to the streets digitally, proverbially, physically, figuratively and say, no, this isn't just this isn't right. This isn't ethical that things actually change. So to all the people out there that say just follow the rules, I say, well, you follow them. But the people out there that feel that this rule is unethical, immoral, unjust. And 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 requires further inquiry and scrutiny and further conversation. I say, yes, I'm with them. I'm always for further inquiry and scrutiny. I'm all for that. Even if it's in the things that I believe, if someone wants to go, hey, June, well, have you have you pondered further on this particular assertion that you've made on such and such? Well, let's have that conversation. And so for many of those out there that don't want to have that conversation and they want to remove nuance, removal of nuance, the deliberate removal of nuance is tantamount to tyranny. If you want to remove nuance, I got a word. For, I, got, I got something to tell you. Um, you're on the wrong side of history. That's what you are. You're on the wrong side of history. And we'll talk about it further later on. Talk to you soon.